Hey, it's Sarah and Kristen. Welcome back for another episode of the Into the Wee Hours podcast. Before we kick off, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land and sea where the podcast has been recorded on, the land of the Gubby Gubby people of the Sunshine Coast. We pay respect to their elders past, present and those emerging. Just as a quick reminder, we have a Patreon account. Patreon is an amazing platform which allows us to continue to cover the cost of the podcast, such as monthly hosting, website, and equipment upgrades, so that you can hear everybody on this episode, Ness included. (laughs) Every little contribution makes a huge difference to us. For just a gold coin donation each month, we would be so stoked to have you on as a patron. It's pretty easy to find and sign up online at patreon.com forward slash into the wee hours podcast. Huge shout out to our existing patrons and just all of our listeners. We say it every episode, but genuinely, we love you so much. As we also say most episodes, support for the show comes in a huge variety of forms. Another way we love to receive your support, which raises the profile of the podcast and in turn elevates the voice of our guests, is through ratings and reviews. If you can take a couple of seconds to kindly hit the five-star rating on Apple or Spotify, we would be so grateful. Also, we love seeing our listeners either reaching out to or tagging our guests in their Instagram stories. So if you have particularly loved an episode, please do repost, tag, and let us know why you loved listening. Thank you so much to everyone who's either left a rating or a review or tagged us on socials. Okay, so this one is for the Western States fans for sure. Luke is hitting the record for his third appearance on the podcast. And of course, after hearing about his pre-race prep, we absolutely had to bring him on to hear a wrap up of how he went racing 100 miles of Western States. It was so great to check in with Luke. And given that racing 100 miles is far from a solo endeavor, we were stoked to also bring Luke's partner and chief crew member, Cara Landels, onto the episode. It was so great to hear Cara's perspective and to understand how huge a mission it is to crew for someone over the course of a million hours, over hours of driving from one aid station to another, and all the rest that comes with crewing. All right. We know you're going to love this conversation with Luke and Cara. Let's get into it. Cue the music with Kristen. to episode 40 you of the into the wee hours podcast my name is sarah pendergrass and i am joined by my exceptionally wonderful co-host Kristen Borton. hello <laughs> and we are also joined in the inverted commas studio today by a duo luke Pryor. you are breaking records we've never had someone on three times on the podcast <laughs> And his wonderful partner, Cara. Cara, I didn't even ask how I pronounce your surname. Oh, Landells. Cara Landells. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you Thank so much you. for joining us. You. Very exciting. This is a uh, little Kristen favorite kind of episode. <laughs> you talk about Western States all the time. This is so fun. I was about to say, we're back to discuss Kristen's favorite yeah. topic again. <laughs> yes. At least in the running world. So Luke and Cara, really, both of you guys have recently completed the Western States Endurance Run? Yep. yep. Congratulations. That's a massive deal for both of you guys. That's huge. Yes, Luke, you ran it, but Kara, that's a massive day. <laughs> so Kara got to um, crew for Luke, which we'll get into as well, because I think it's going to be an interesting perspective to also hear about the other side of the runs as well, too. We'll definitely talk about the run because there was a lot of cool stuff that happened, but yeah, I'm very keen. And if you didn't listen to Luke's um, pre-race podcast, jump back um, in the episodes and check that out so you can hear about the whole journey. But yeah, I'm ex- I'm especially excited to have you here, Cara, as well, to talk about that crew experience because often we talk to the runner, but this really is a team effort. So yeah, we're looking forward to hearing from you. Mm, excited to be on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we usually kick off, Luke, obviously, like he's pretty much running the podcast now. <laughs> But the way that we do is we usually get into a couple quick fire questions. So we'll kind of rattle them off. Um, some of them are for both of you. Some of them are just for one of you. So first one, Luke, what was the time it took you to complete the Western States Endurance Run? Uh, 23 hours and two minutes, I think. So good. 
It mm. is awesome. All right. I've just literally jumped out of my notes. So hang on a minute. Um, next one. All right. So um, Western States is obviously a small field and there are a lot of really high profile people there. So this is a question for both of you to answer individually. Can you tell us about a fangirl moment? <laughs> this was, there was a few, wasn't there? Yeah. Was it within the race or before the race? Because I definitely had a fangirl moment before the race yeah, yeah, we were actually ahead. on the same street as courtney no um, yeah so we got this is to courtney our... DeWalter for people who don't know but i think by now yeah also broke the course record and just broke the course record at hard rock yeah. <laughs> she Insane. is the goat so you're on the same street did you see her like walking around we did yeah we decided to well i told luke to turn back the car and go and stalk her down and <laughs> so we could go and strike up a conversation so that was really fun yeah and she was super nice so yeah, yeah. Oh, bless. Awesome. yeah. that's a amazing so I love good it. okay yeah. so during the race because you got to see everybody coming through as well did he have any like fangirl moments as like anybody was coming through courtney again <laughs> <laughs> um through forest hill she was just flying and yeah she just looked in amazing form at that stage of the race so nice amazing and Luke? uh there was a few i got a fist bump off sally mccray going up, up the good escarpment one. so that was nice did she pace for somebody she did in the end yeah yeah, yeah. yeah she paced uh it's like one of her athletes i think it was i think it might have been just trying yeah. to think who it was now. i don't know the name of it yeah. or anything i'm pr- yeah yeah anyways yeah. cool oh yeah. that's fun yeah sally is awesome as well too oh yeah who did she pace for someone who had a oh was she not pacing for lucy's dad no, uh, I don't, no, no, think so. Not pacing. No, she was part of the filming. Okay, don't know. Yeah, cool. yeah. Oh, cool. I'm sure it was pretty much like the entire time of just bang. <laughs> yeah, your head was on a bit of a swivel walking around. Yeah, pre-race check-in and all of that sort of stuff. It was a good feel. Yeah. It was a really good feel. Yeah. We've it's got we've got Ness joining yeah. us right now. <laughs> just take off her um her collar. She'll be fine. I think she'll settle down over a little bit. So everybody just ignore. <laughs> And leave the door open just Sorry, in case she wants to go out. <laughs> Little madness. She hasn't been on a podcast for a while. She hasn't. Though. We just needed to make a reappearance. All right. Good job, Nessie. <laughs> Can you just stop by <laughs> the table? Thank you. Okay. So for both of you guys on either perspective, the run or the crew side, both of you guys are going to answer this one. What's something you'd never repeat again after doing Western States? That's a tough question. It is tough. Um, I don't think there's anything I wouldn't do. I I finished the race and I was like, I want to do that again, like Amazing. straight away. Like, I so was... it was kind of a prompt for that as well because one of the things that Megan said was, I never want to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> she did not want to run 100 miles after that race. Yeah. So good. You want to run 100 miles. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And as for the crewing side of yes. things, I think I, yeah, I could say the same thing. I'd, yeah, not not do it again. It's, um yeah, it's something that I'd definitely do again. So yeah. it was good. Yeah. Everything kind of ran smoothly and stuff. As smoothly as I think it can for perfect. It wasn't without its um, ups and downs and stresses, but I think we both kind of yeah. managed and handled them pretty well. Good. Yeah. yeah. It'll always never be perfect, no. right? Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. So I guess following on from that, you've sort of um, hinted at it, but is there anything specifically that you would love to repeat again? Is there like a moment that you're like, yeah, that would be so cool? Um, all of it. All of, yeah. <laughs> it. It did really feel like a bit of a dream day. Um, like even like the, the two or three days before and the lead up, it just sort of felt like such a cool experience where you're sort of pinching yourself the whole time pretty much. And even when I was running it, I was like, oh, my God, I'm running Western States and, you know, even if it was hurting and that sort of thing. So um, I'm, I think I'm in for a real shock for my next 100-miler. It's going to be – I'm going to come crashing down. So I think <laughs> it's going to be 10 times harder. Um, you mean there's not like an enormous crowd on top of the first climb that you do as the sunrise comes up behind you? Yeah, Sally McRae's not going to fist bump me up. Like, what is she doing? Where is she? <laughs> Uh, that's yeah, so, so yeah. Good. that's awesome. I love that. Um, all right, cool. Now, again, just as something that we have started to do for a little bit of everybody, um, Luke kind of mentioned on the podcast that he was on originally, which was what, what do we say? Episode seven? Yeah. Something like that. Way back. <laughs> Basically give you guys, uh, give yourselves a compliment, one each. You can compliment each other if you want. You guys are so cute when you like answer questions <laughs> and look at each other and stuff. <laughs> compliment yourself well I was really good at staying up and getting the you know the sleep deprivation and I think I did a pretty good job there I didn't fall asleep 
once until maybe 36 hours later. So. Yes, yeah. you were an awesome crew <laughs> yeah, member. Definitely did so well. Good. Yeah. Um, I think I was pretty good at um, like staying pretty level-headed and kind of enjoying the moment and kind of just embracing the whole experience, whatever was sort of happening. So I think that was probably made easy for it being Western States. Um, but, yeah, that was something I think was went well. Awesome. Nice. Luke had a, a WhatsApp, or Luke and Cara, Cara's been running it, had a WhatsApp group with a bunch of people in it. And at one point, so Luke's like sending videos from the course. And at one point, excuse, I'm about to swear for anyone with like kids, you're like, let's fucking go. <laughs> it's like 80 kilometers in or something. He's like, settle, Luke. <laughs> but you were just like, obviously like oozing like positivity and excitement. It was really cool. That to was see. definitely a highlight for me, seeing that video come through. I was like, oh, thank gosh, he's okay okay because before he had a foot niggle and i was like oh no not so okay and then he just got jacked up on caffeine pills and (laughs) (laughs) oh from all the no caffeine that's right it was it was good (laughs) it was good (laughs) yeah that's amazing so yeah usually how we kind of like run the podcast is like a little bit of an origin story car do you want to give a little bit of your origin story because guests don't know who you are not guests um listeners won't know who you necessarily are let's do a quick run through about your origin story and then we'll kind of jump into western states and let's just talk about the day and i'm sure that there'll be questions firing from there (laughs) so yeah let's open a floor up to you sure so origin story sorry just in terms of what you mean there is that just like a history of where I'm from, who I am. As little or as much as you want to give about <laughs> well, who is Kara. I'll keep it very brief. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm originally from Kilcunda and I'm a strength and conditioning coach and uh, running and triathlon coach and have done it for the past 12 years. And yeah, met Luke a couple of years ago. Actually, it was maybe two and a half years ago now. And uh, yeah, we, um, we actually just hit it off and went for a run together. He took me on a 60-kilometer run in, where was it, Dalesford? Yeah, started in Dalesford to <laughs> Castlemaine. Nice short run to kick off and see <laughs> wow. how things go. Oh, took me five Ks in the wrong direction to start with, and I was like, <laughs> <Good> oh. test. <laughs> but uh, no, and then I, um, yeah, I've been living up in the sunny coast for the last couple of years and running my coaching business up here and working predominantly with runners and triathletes and, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And the whole point of that is you're not a stranger to the space at all. You definitely know what you're doing in that space too. Yeah. 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 Sort of three to four years I've been doing sort of ultra sort of stuff, but I would still call myself fairly new to it, but I'm always learning. So. And have you ever crewed anyone running a hundred miles before? (laughs) No. (laughs) In short. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, it sounds like you killed it. Yes. She did. She did kill it. So, so good. Okay. So Luke. Talk a little bit about your day. Maybe even the lead up to it. We kind of mentioned like your head swiveling everywhere. Like talk about the full experience starting from like registration and stuff. Yeah. So um, we rocked up at the International Barbecue in Auburn where the race finishes um, on the Wednesday night, which was really cool. Got to meet um, Gordy Ainsley and got a photo with him. And um, Can you just, for people who don't know Western States, explain who Gordy Ainsley he's is? He's kind of the godfather of Western States who, you know, he was the one that ran the race when his horse was lame um, and sort of was one that sort of set this whole big rock rolling down a hill, really. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so that was kind of cool to have a bit of a chat to him and he shared a few stories, which was really cool. And that kind of set the tone, I think. It was just like, oh, my God, just met, you know, Gordy Ainsley and had a good chat with him, which was really, really nice and got to meet a few other international runners. And um, and then we drove um, drove back back up to Olympic Valley where we were staying, which was um, on Courtney Street because we were staying just – the valley below Olympic Valley, um, and um, yeah, um, and it was kind of a it was a busy couple of days. Like I was sort of hoping to kind of get there, put the feet up, and rest. And it was like driving in, doing sort of pre race stuff, and just making sure gear and organised, and you know check ins and organising paces and all of that sort of stuff. So it was we did a little group run on the I think it was a Thursday, wasn't it? Um, which was cool. So. Uh, I think Hocker, yeah, organised a little bit of a group run. So we did a little 5K run and that was cool. It was like, you know, good little turnout. And again, lots of people were there, you know, Dylan Bowman and Billy Yang and Hillary and all of that sort of, you know, everyone that you kind of, all the American sort of uh, runners. Um, so, yeah, and that was fun. And um, it was kind of a whirlwind. And then it was basically race, race eve and we were 
waking up at three o'clock, getting yeah. ready to go. Yeah, it's the like three o'clock wake up, isn't it? So the night before, were you guys um, like getting everything ready? Like it was everything all laid out? Like how, how did you guys do all of the planning? Like Cara, did you have a spreadsheet to go off of? How yeah. did you guys kind of organize things? <laughs> yeah, sort of. Like Luke is the organizer in uh, in the partnership. So he sort of got everything organized for me, which I'm very grateful for. So, um, But, yeah, we definitely had uh, a bit of a checklist and I had all of his Ziploc bags full of nutrition and hydration and then all the, um, you know, double backpack full of gear that he wanted me to take into each checkpoint. I probably had right. double the amount of stuff that everyone else did and I was the only person. <laughs> one person yeah. versus the teams of people that threw at Weston's And then I quickly yeah. realised when he got to that first checkpoint at Robinson's flat that we really didn't need that much gear <laughs> and he didn't want any pairs of shoes out of the five or four that I'd taken in. So <laughs> Your poor cart horse girlfriend just trekking stuff in and out. I had every base covered and probably <laughs> Better uh, to be safe than sorry. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. And if you didn't have all of it, you would have needed all of it. Exactly. <laughs> and because the first, if I'm right, the first crude aid station is about 50Ks in. Is that right? Yeah. Robinson's flat. Yeah. 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 And how, like, I know we're just going to jumping into this, but how long a drive was that from the start line? Because I feel like there's a bunch of driving to be done at West Coast. Yeah. Crewing. About three and a half hours. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it was a long wow. drive. So I essentially left straight away um, as soon as they left at 5am and and then drove up there and and got set up and was there probably two hours before maybe nearly three hours before he got in in the end so, yeah yeah well. um it was a great atmosphere and it was just awesome watching all the runners come in so Could have been. i was yeah. nervous i couldn't wait for him to get in yeah Cara definitely had a, a nervous kind of business um look on her face when i got in <laughs> of course what do you need get you in get you out yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so talk about let's go back to the beginning of the race because it was a very different race start than it usually is mm-hmm. so the fifth uh 50th year of the western states endurance run and it was like I think there was like six feet of snow at one stage up at one one of the points so talk about that like navigating through the snow talk about coming up to the very top of the escarpment looking back there's the sunrise like all of those feelings and thoughts of starting the, the race yeah. yeah so um it was a yeah a snow year where they had a lot more snow than they typically do yeah. and um it was cold at the start so I actually had to buy a long sleeve shirt at the um pre-race check-in just because um try and keep warm initially um and it was it was slow going, like it was um yeah, it was, it was a little bit nervous um rocking up, but wasn't too bad and then like the gun went off and like literally the gun went off. They actually they shoot a shotgun or something. Of course it is America. <laughs> yeah. Um and then um yeah, you just sort of start making your way up up the escarpment and it's pretty steep, pretty like you're basically going straight uphill essentially. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, I had a bit of um compartment syndrome sort of kick in my calves really quickly which sometimes happens when I'm a bit cold or have tapered or haven't been doing something consistently mm-hmm. so that was like kind of slowed me down a little bit where I was just like okay I'm just going to hike up some sections where I probably would have you know traditionally run mm-hmm. um, and even hiked a couple of the tiny little bit of the flat sections um, but it was kind of fun I just sort of set, accepted I knew it would come good like once I got to the top and had a chance to sort of stretch out and, and warm up a bit um and that gave me a chance to sort of settle and just really take it all in like the sunrise coming up over the escarpment with the snow and the mountains was pretty spectacular and I definitely definitely got up there and stopped and had a look around and then um and then the then the fun and the frustration um of all the snow running kicked in um it was about 12 to 16 miles um of snow running in the first first 30 miles Cara's eyes were just like wide open there like we <laughs> don't have lot. that in Queensland <laughs> yeah. 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 and that's that's pretty much like the resonating theme from everything that I've listened to so far it was it was fun but frustrating people yeah. are like oh this is new and novel but yeah by the time you get to 10 miles you're like okay I'm done slipping yeah. and sliding yeah yeah 20 yeah. k's I was like my legs and hips are really tired mm-hmm. and I feel like I've been to the gym doing you know glute exercises or something because you're just constantly feet slipping all over the place and stretching stuff and yeah um but I I sort of got into it I had um had some gloves on which was a good win because I was able to just uh, slide down lots on my bum um yeah yeah I was gonna say I saw lots of people sliding not in person because I obviously wasn't up there on the escarpment but like just the video footage there's people sliding everywhere I'm like how did they do it yeah wow you did not well, you hadn't trained for that. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't trained for much snow running at all, yeah. and uh, it showed. I was 
I was um, I was awful at it um, and really slow. And you could sort of tell, like, oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from like France or Switzerland or something. And, like, yeah, I can tell. Like, you, you, oh, yeah, people have grown up around snow, and um, you could definitely tell the one the people that could run on snow and those that couldn't. And I was definitely in that latter category. Um, and there was definitely a little bit of frustration, but yeah, that quickly subsided and was just like, look where I am. It was beautiful. And this is a bit of a fun challenge and sort of knowing that once you get to 50 kilometers that you were going to be out of the snow too. So that was kind of nice to keep reminding yourself, but definitely, I don't know, I probably fell over 10 times. Um, I think if you got away with only 10 times, you did pretty well. (laughs) I think that was because I was so scared. (laughs) I was like so timid. I was like the cautious one. Um, Yeah, slid into a – I did – the longest slide down was, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 metres and I got, I got up more speed than I thought you would and then just went straight into this, like, log at the bottom of it. I was like, oh. I'm imagining you being like a little penguin sliding down <laughs> on your belly. Like that. <laughs> and I've, I've heard, I think it was maybe Keely talking on Trail Society about navigating and getting lost. Like, was that tricky as well? Yeah, and I was following this train at one stage and I took them, including Camille Heron, um, the wrong way a little bit <laughs> so i was like oh yeah oops over that way it was like we're all standing around in the forest going where is like these little you know markers and um yeah so it was tricky sort of navigating because it was you know patchy snow at times and you're trying to walk around trees and there's different things veering off so yeah that was a little little tricky at times as well yeah i didn't mm. even think about that yeah mm. yeah how was camille yeah she was good she, she was quiet and um it was funny because i caught up to her I think it was at the 13-kilometre mark. And then basically probably for the next 60 kilometres, we leapfrogged backwards and forwards yeah, between okay. each other. Um, Did she end up finishing? No, I think no, she, she dropped out know. at Green Gate, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's what um, I thought as well. Do we, she's do worse know? at running on snow than I am. <laughs> like, I imagine I her felt, being like a giraffe. Like, she's so gangly. I so felt so hopefully sorry Hopefully she her. won't be listening to the podcast. <laughs> well, she is a regular she's a listener. Yeah. 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 She's like from the middle of nowhere. She meaning like I think they don't get snow where like she is. Prairies or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And to give her some like world record holder in like twenty four hour. As I say, we're talking like, about Camille oh, Heron. This is a yeah. she's an absolute legend in the sport. Oh, also, yeah. but um, she's not a, a snow runner. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did sort of have a quick chat to her at one stage, and she was like, "Yeah, this snow is my kryptonite." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm from Australia. I've never really seen it before either." So, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but she was. Yeah, I think I felt really bad for her because she was actually worse than I was at yeah. um, the snow running um but yeah so that was it was challenging and I think that sort of you know led to Cara kind of being a little bit more stressed at Robinson's flat um Definitely. and being the first checkpoint like I I love moss on the trail so I found like these like two little clumps of moss like at about 48 k's and I stuck it into my hat and like under here is like something <laughs> weird to do <laughs> and I run into the checkpoint and Kara's like so focused in game mode she didn't even see it <laughs> yeah did not even see so were you nervous like you had game face on was that because you were at western states and you saw all these other crews or like what kind of fed into that energy yeah I think it was because he was like uh, maybe two hours later than I expected oh, in. Um, because of the snow, do we Yes. Because okay, yeah. gotcha. he went, like, as soon as he passed Robinson's flat, he went from 160th down to like 80th place yeah. in like less than a few hours. So gotcha. um, you were passing people left, right and center. But I think I was just nervous because I wanted to make sure I had everything that he might have needed <laughs> out and I just didn't want him to forget anything. So I was constantly reminding him, did you need this or do you need that? And But his coach was there he was trying to talk to him too so I sort of felt like uh, maybe it's okay if he misses something and he can just get it at the next checkpoint so I tried to chill a bit (laughs) (laughs) after that first initial one like looking ahead at the rest of the day did you kind of chill out at the other stations or was it pretty much always game face from the rest of the day yeah no I think I relaxed a little bit after that and um yeah it was it was a little bit more fun um after the first checkpoint so yeah even stuff like you're driving on the wrong side of the road like things like that I feel like it's all extra energy and concentration right and then you know this is a big deal for Luke and like you want to support him and and like I know um when you sent videos or a photo to the um whatsapp chat just being like look at the size of the crews of other people like it's literally like one person wiping your beard and one person doing your shoes and it's like Gar is doing 
everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> with your big coffee. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I must admit it was um it was awesome to be able to have Dean pace Luke because he really helped at Forest Hill, who was feeding him some food and ginger beer, and it was just surreal. It was it was great. Is that the yeah. footage where you're like lying in the chair yeah. and everyone you're like Cleopatra, like everyone's just <laughs> attending to you? <laughs> yeah, just to like Cara did do an amazing job. I think it's worth um, highlighting that because you know a lot of these crews did have sort of six or ten people helping out one yeah. runner, and it was like Cara doing looking after after me. So. And that's trying to find where to go to and where to drive to as well. And so. after all those hours as well, like you're going to, like, I really think crewing is underrated in terms of how tiring it is because you still have all that emotional energy, like you're invested in the race, mm. but you're driving around. Like Luke just gets to tootle around on his yeah. feet. Like, I don't have to think about anything. Yeah. I'm just out there enjoying. Like... And then everybody feeds you and waters yeah. you. And yeah. 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 And yeah, no, I honestly loved it. I didn't think it was too stressful at all. And I think um, I might have only just gotten a little bit tired around the midnight mark, but that was, you know, between checkpoints where it was quite a long time. And, mm. um, but, I had some caffeine and that was good and I came good and <laughs> had lots of energy again. So I think I just ran on adrenaline the entire adrenaline, time. Endorphins, so. like yeah. all of the, yeah, all of the things. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you get out of um, Robinson Flat and then the snow is pretty much done from there. Hey, yeah. is that, what's the next section? Uh, you go, you, you sort of head towards the canyon. So you, yeah. you get to, um, was it um, last chance and then yeah. you sort of drop, I'm getting the order wrong here, but you, you climb up to Devil's Slum and drop down another canyon again. So um, after Robinson Flat, it was just so nice to be just running and it was pr- sort of pretty open sort of roads as well. So it was kind of really nice, easy running. You can just get into a good rhythm. And it was a lot of it was downhill. I think it was about 16, 17 kilometres of roughly pretty much all downhill. Light um, downhill, like? This started off pretty light. Yeah. Um, and then it was a beautiful like single track trail section um and then um it, it gets pretty steep towards the end when your legs are a little bit cooked from running downhill and it gets totally. it, it's surprising how technical and steep it got it um i didn't expect it to quite be so so steep um and definitely felt that at the bottom of those canyons and i actually i think it was at last chance i stopped i had it started getting a hot spot on my foot and um yeah, well, the aid stations were amazing. You just come in, they've got like one designated volunteer that sees you through that whole aid station and kind of yeah. walks you through the whole thing. And um, I got someone to sort of look at my feet, clean up my feet and put some tape on there and sort of um, fix that up. But my feet were pretty, like they were white. They just looked like a marshmallow at that stage. And that was like 60Ks in. I hadn't even really ran through that many creeks or anything. Yeah, um, was that because of the snow maybe? I think it must have been, Did yeah. Did you feel that your feet were wet? Not really. So yeah, okay. I was really quite surprised how you know, how soft they were. And I'm yeah. like, well, this is going to be an interesting day. Yeah. And that was at 60K? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah so wow. super early. And I was mm. like, well, this is not good. But mm. um, but we charge on. <laughs> we charge on. Yeah. Put that out. Put that in the back of the mind. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the canyons weren't super hot this year. They still were very, like warm, but not as hot as they usually are. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So that was, um, I guess that was a bit of a relief. I think it, it did get a, just over 30 degrees um, yeah. down in the canyons. Which, which is, for Queensland not that bad and it's a dry, dry it's kind of easier to manage like we're all used to just getting out of the shower and still being just drenched yeah, right yeah that's right so did you find that you manage the heat pretty well yeah like i you know as i spoke about last podcast i've done a fair bit of sauna training and i felt pretty well acclimatized you know coming from queensland too i think works in our favor um unlike the snow but <laughs> um yeah so it was it was kind of nice like it, it was a couple of times where i'm like oh, i'm a little thirsty and you'd stop at a creek and dip your head in that or something like that and um but yeah it was the the heat was compared to what they traditionally have there was like nothing so totally. it, it was kind of a, a a bonus pretty good yeah and Dakara, you would have had to pack for like all weather because it was very cold to start then it got really hot. Did you get hot as well at the di- different checkpoints that you had to be at? Yeah, yeah, it did. It was cold and hot. Um, Robertson's flat went from really, really hot to quite cold um, straight after Luke left. So, oh, okay. yeah, no, it was quite surprising the change in temperature. And then Forest Hill would have been the hottest during the day. Yeah. Um, waiting for Luke to come in there. Uh, but I think, yeah, I had to pack, you know, pack for all conditions and. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, though. It wasn't, like, extremely, extremely hot. So that was good. That's good. Did either of you guys get much affected by altitude? Like, could you feel that altitude difference? I, I didn't notice it. Yeah, um, yeah, I didn't really notice. Perfect. Yeah, much. I think we'd planned it. I'd sort of planned a trip, like, the holiday part of the trip to go to Yosemite 
um, and Lake Tahoe before the trip just to get some exposure to altitude. Yeah. Um, so I think that was helpful a little bit so you weren't just getting straight off the plane. Um, and I think because the altitude, you, you get up to about I think 2,900 metres or something mm-hmm. um, pretty quickly at the start of the race and then you kind of start making your way down. So yeah. it's kind of the further you run, you're kind of like, well, I'm getting lower, so this is going to be good. So you just keep, keep moving on. Totally. But yeah. But yeah, I felt fine with it, which was good. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And you didn't notice anything different either, Cara? Yeah. No, it was good. pretty good. Good. Yeah. No. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So you got through the canyons and then you get into... You go up to Michigan Bluff. Yes. Um, and yeah, that was when I had the, uh, just before that, I had the caffeine pill and I was kind of strategically with the WhatsApp group, we had as you mentioned earlier, I was sort of trying to communicate with Cara a little bit. Like initially I sent one saying like, oh, my feet are a bit of a bad way. Just get the stuff ready for that because you know, we're going to need to get on top of that. And then I got to last chance and they were just amazing and fixed up my feet. And I was like, oh, I'm good. So I was kind of like trying to send these like little short voice messages, uh, video messages, uh, but there's no hardly any reception in the canyon. So I kind of would give up and they these messages would probably go through like two hours after right. I'd actually recorded them. <laughs> um but yeah, had some you know had some caffeine, and as you know, I kind of I'd um, detoxed off the caffeine a fair, um, quite a lot um, before the race, so it was that was a nice boost, and that's when I sort of sent that. Um, Let's fucking go! Yeah, kind of, uh... you were like <laughs> revved. <laughs> yeah. Uh, full effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, and I think I was just you know it was not I was out of most of the big climbs that was coming into Michigan Bluff, and then you, you drop down. I think it's down in the volcano or volcano something canyon um and yeah i was sort of passing a lot of people there and feeling pretty good and um it was a bit technical going down going further down um there's quite a technical sort of section there so i sort of slide slow down through there and then you sort of make your way into forest hill and that's when um it was you know car had picked up um our pacer dean and then you know sort of but hang on just just you can't just throw out a first name. Our, our pacer dean, <laughs> you know that guy. I know that he's on a first name basis with you guys, but you gotta, you gotta give us a last name. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I haven't really talked about that story, have we? No, because um, I know last podcast it was in the works. You're very cryptic. You're like something cool might be happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, Dean Carnassus was um my pacer for those that don't know, um, which was just mind-blowing kind of crazy again pinch yourself sort of experience through the whole thing totally um and that came about through uh, my fr- friendship with brett stranding from run queensland and we were sort of chatting pre-race um and he was like oh you're gonna have a pacer and i was like oh i don't know not really sure i haven't really ran with one but he was like we was just like i don't know conversation continued i think it might have been when he, his wife megan that sort of might have said oh you should yeah, get in contact with Dean and see if he wants to. And like, because Dean lives in the Bay Area, like he's not that far away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we sort of laughed about that, and then didn't think much of it. And then a couple of days later, we were in contact, and I was like, you know what? Why don't you just send that email and just see if he wants to? Like, if he's around, he you know, pay some West someone at Western States is kind of a cool thing. He might be interested. And he was in Greece doing some stuff for his running tours over there, and he was like, oh, I'm gonna be back. I'll let you know. Um, and this is sort of like a week before the race so there was no sort of confirmation we didn't really know it was pretty much like two days before the race that it was sort of locked in and confirmed oh, wow um yeah did that totally change race plans for everybody oh not really okay yeah cool. yep um it was just kind of if he was there great if he wasn't i would have just ran it without a pacer cool um and just because i know we're in a pretty niche world here we're not just a trail running podcast for people who don't know who dean is can you give us like a two-line summary of the god that is Dean Carnassus. Yeah, so he's, um, I guess, maybe responsible for the, the boom in ultra running or gets a lot of credit for the boom in ultra running. Um, he wrote a book. He had a bit of an early midlife crisis at 30 when he was at a pub and decided to go for a run and, you know, rekindled his relationship with running and wrote this sort of inspiring book, um, that, um, you know, about his journey into ultra marathons and particularly Western states um, and a few of your Badwater and a couple of the other ones he's done. Um, and I think that kind of captured that really captured at the time, that spirit of just being free and kind of, you know, breaking away from the, the rat race and all of those sort of things and tapped into that. And he was a, he's a phenomenal athlete too. Like he's, you know, um, ran across America and ran 50 marathons in 50 States Mm -hmm. in, you know, 50 days 50 days, and, you know, done some like very good performances. I think he's ran Western States 12 times and, you know, um, you know, ran it in, you know, pretty quick times as well. So. Um, and he's, I can't remember his age actually. He's, I think he's 61. Oh my gosh, um, wow. and he's still fit as, and yeah. And he's um, such a nice 
guy, isn't he? Yeah. Like, all the reports is he's just so genuinely nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was... Um, so nice. It was, it was good. It was... Um, so, like, he emailed us and we got in contact and had a bit of a phone call. And, yeah, sort of from that moment, I was like, okay, this is going to be good because, you know, I'd never really met the guy yeah. previously. And did, you it was run like, the race, uh, did you run Black Isle when he was here? I did, yeah. 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 Yep. So, had a couple of conversations with him, but, you know, nothing. Yeah, you know, he wouldn't remember that. I wouldn't have, right. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of a, like, oh, just going to meet someone and then going to spend you know, some pretty vulnerable kilometres with someone, like, hope we get along sort of thing. Yeah, because to put it into perspective, how many Ks did you share with Dean? Uh, it was 30-something. It was from Rocky Chucky, so 22, 22 miles. The, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, and he was just, as you said, like, he's just super humble, down to earth, which I think, you know, he grew up, he did spend about 12 months here in Australia, so I think he's sort of got a little bit of that Australian sort of, Culture loves the place and, um, you know. He loves an Aussie joke. He does love an Aussie joke. Were you keeping him entertained? <laughs> <laughs> he was keeping me entertained. <laughs> so did you pick up Dean and uh, is that what I kind of he- overheard is you were the one who picked him up? Where did you pick him up from? Yeah, no, actually he came to Forest Hill uh, first and then helped Luke when he came in um, with myself. So that was really good. Yeah. And then uh, we went back to Auburn and then I took Dean in my car from Auburn back to Rocky Chucky. Mm. So it's a little bit of driving, but gotcha. um, it just worked out better that way. So yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I hadn't, like I'd met Dean at the check-in where he was doing some book signing for his re- re-release book and um, met him there and then hadn't seen him all day until we got to Forest Hill. And then that was that kind of pretty surreal experience where I don't really, I'm pretty independent. I like to find it hard to kind of hand over, like have people look after me and that sort of stuff. And then my feet were in a pretty bad way coming into Forest Hill. I was having some like real hot, hot spot stuff on the bottom of them. And so we come in and find this, you know, the medic and they sit down and do my thing and they like lay me back in this chair. And then Kara's kind of like working on my pack and that sort of stuff. And Dean's standing there like feeding, hand feeding me chips <laughs> <laughs> and, and ginger beer. And I'm just like, what? like this is so weird. Like what? <laughs> It is pretty weird when you step back from super it, isn't weird. it? Yeah. Ultra <laughs> running full time. It's super weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny. We have this eight-minute-long um, Insta360 video from that moment at Forest Hill because I said to Dean, here, take the video, and he forgot to, like, you know, turn it off. And he's just <laughs> holding it for, like, eight minutes while we're feeding Luke and doing his pack, and, yeah, the physios are attending to him. So it was quite funny. That's pretty funny. He got yeah. the entire, like, little checkpoint on, on yeah. film. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was the first time that you guys met him in person because you had only spoken to him at that uh, no, Oh, I no, you met him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was super grateful um, for – when he came to Forest Hill a couple of hours early before Luke came in and he was actually um, super nice and introduced me to some of his friends because I had no one there. And I, he sort of said, here, come over to like the um, Ultra Runner Mag uh, tent. And so he's, yeah, th- those guys were really super accommodating and super friendly and said, yeah, come and like put all Luke's stuff here. And yeah, so it was, yeah, it was really nice. That's really cool. And yeah. how, and so how was it both like crewing and running with someone who is so high, high profile in the sport? Like what was that experience like? Do you want to go first? Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I guess there were like a lot of looks. Um, and I had to keep reminding myself, like no one's staring at me. They're staring at Dean. Cause <laughs> like, Oh, is that Dean Carnassus with that random girl over there? <laughs> and then, um, yeah, but I, it was just really, it was really cool. Cause he's such a humble guy and he's so down to earth and you just wouldn't really expect, um, I guess what you'd maybe typically think of like a high profile celebrity. So. Yeah, and it, yeah, it was. Um, so I sort of ran from Forest Hill to Rocky Chucky and met them and picked them up at that stage. And by that stage, um, the wheels were starting to come off a little bit for me. I, my quads were pretty shot from leaving Forest Hill. There's a real steep section down to Rocky Chucky, and I was like struggling to run downhill. That like so, they, um, running flats and going uphill were fine, but um, run any run, downhill running or really technical trail, my my legs just didn't want to cooperate. Mm. So were you walking a lot of the downhills? Like how did you manage that? Yeah, probably once I got past Rocky Chucky, yeah, I did start, I was pretty much walking most downhills. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, before that, it was sort of like a little bit of a hobble, kind of trying to protect your legs a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, pretty much post Rocky Chucky, it was all downhill walking. Uh, um, and yeah, so I sort of picked up, it was... Getting dark 
Um, and then it was just great to sort of see Cara and Dean again at that time and really good to have some company in the dark, to be honest. It was just sort of nice to have someone else there. Um, and, yeah, it's a time of the race where time's getting a little bit distorted. You're kind of not really sure how fast you're running or, like, what time of day it is or, you know, how long you've got to go and that sort of thing. So it was kind of nice to have someone to help calibrate that a little bit. And he was he helped settle me a fair bit. He was just like, you can, like, literally walk this in and get sub-24, just, like, take it easy. Like, so really kind of helped me take the foot off the accelerator a little bit and just sort of slow down. And I kind of sort of switched out of race mode then and kind of just enjoyed that process and kind of just embraced the the hurt that it was um and we yeah we ran as much as we could and uh or as much as i could um and took it pretty careful on some of the technical sort of stuff but it was cool having him there he was just sort of like oh if, you know if you want me to chat i'm happy to chat and if you don't respond that's cool don't don't <laughs> feel bad about it and you know, you'd sort of come into an aid station and people would be like, oh, shit, that's Dean Canaz. <laughs> sometimes I'd have a photo on that sort of thing. But he was like, he, you know, he's, he describes himself as a bit of an introvert and he doesn't sort of feel super comfortable despite being really good at it um, with the attention. So he was like, you know, hamming up the Australian sort of thing. Hey, this is Luke from, he's an Aussie from Australia and trying to ham up that and kind of, he was trying to handball, I guess, all the attention over to Deflect. me, which was sort of. <laughs> to the famous Luke bit, Pryor. Yeah, and they're like, who's this moron running with Dean? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was, yeah, it was good. And we, you know, just had some, shared some jokes and he, you know, did some bad Australian singing and some bad, bad Australian jokes and whatnot, which, you know, we. Perfect. Yeah, it was that just. That gets you through. Yeah. Because <laughs> at that time as well, it's. Like, what time are you getting into Rocky Chucky? It's uh, a good question. It's about 9.30, 10 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. So you've yeah. been running for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And you're starting to get into into the wee hours. Hey. Hey. <laughs> 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 you've just been holding on to that this whole podcast. <laughs> no, it just came to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we've ever actually referenced that. Yeah. So no. episode 40, oh here my we God, go. I'm so happy. <laughs> that was so good. I, I actually did a wild wee too in, the, in that time as well. So. <laughs> All right, cool. We'll get to that. I'm, I'm so witty. Okay. <laughs> so humble. <laughs> so you're running with Dean Carnassus into the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever run that long into like such, like it's midnight, right? Mm-hmm. Like you've been running for a long time. You're starting to get into that sleep deprived state. Mm-hmm. How was that for you? I think I felt okay. Like I was, um, even Dean towards the end kept sort of saying, he's like, um, you're so much more alert than a lot of the other people, the other runners we yeah. could see. So mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. Um, caffeine. Yeah, caffeine. <laughs> yeah. I did give him some caffeine actually at Rocky Chucky just before Dean just jumped like on with him. Yeah. Yeah. I said, drink this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think, I think that and, and just sort of like, like the nutrition approach I think I took was, was good as well. And um, like I had no issues with that. So I did actually feel really kind of like mentally really switched on. It was just my damn legs couldn't run anymore yeah um so um i sort of felt pretty with it um it did sort of like you sort of start to run through these grassy fields at one stage and and there i was just kind of like okay this is starting to drag out a little bit and it Mm -hmm. felt like it was kind of taking a lot longer and then you're like it's they say it's really runnable from that last sort of 60 and it is it's much flatter than the other ones but there's still some really pinchy climbs Mm -hmm. and the trail is still single trail for lots of it and quite rocky and technical. So mm, mm. It, um, on tied legs, it was sort of, you know, can get a little frustrating when you're like, oh, I just want something I can kind of like get into a nice rhythm with. But, yeah, um, but it's not ultra running if you're not suffering. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Suck it up. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it after like 98 miles or something or maybe 99, there's like one last like really steep climb or something? Am I yeah, like, going up, that Yeah, going up to Robbie Point, it's probably, I don't know how much, it might be two, three don't think it's 400 meters, probably two to 300 meters of climbing, I think, up to Robbie yeah, Point. Okay. But at that stage, I was actually really looking forward to the climbs. Yeah. Like, my legs, I, I could hike really well and I could, like, climb really well. So, I was trying to exert myself as much as I could, like, hiking, power hiking. Um, wasn't really running up many hills, but, you know, it was the flats and the uh, the downhill, sorry, that I just was yeah. trashed on. So, totally. Yeah. Um, I was actually sort of looking forward to the climbs at that stage. So, yeah. Totally. And so, I mean, you get to move, Kara, you've got to drive and then set up for the next spot. So, how did you manage, like, going into the wee hours? <laughs> <laughs> Do it again. 
Yeah, there's some weird stuff that sort of went on at one point. I didn't, I was fine mentally, but uh, I did stop off to try and find some food at like, would have been close to 11 at night. And the drive through Macca's wasn't open. So I saw something across the road and it was just like another takeout sort of place, a burger joint. And, uh, yeah, just it was such a weird sort of scenario. I walked in and didn't end up walking out with any food, but the the people there were just a bit weird. And, uh, yeah, I was just like, I need to get to this checkpoint anyway. So I was like kind of in go mode. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, aside from that, like it was, I was a little tired, but I was also just like on adrenaline still. And I got from, Rucky Chucky to actually getting out of Rucky Chucky was quite funny, just super bumpy bus ride. And it was like this, you know, crazy kind of like, um, like rough track that, yeah, we sort of just bumped up and down on to get out of. Um, so you can't, can you, you can't drive into any aid stations? No. Like, it's like a shuttle, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So that made it a little bit more fun, a little bit more interesting to kind of, yeah, get in and out of aid stations. But, um, yeah, met some really cool people along the way and sort of, you know, went went along with them for a little bit as well and when we got out of rocky chucky sort of yeah joined teams with them and so that was nice in the dark like yeah. <laughs> rather than being by myself but um totally. yeah no and then just got myself down to uh roby point well actually to the finish line mm-hmm. and then up to roby point after that but dean sort of said oh you should come and run from you know so and so place but you know i would have had to be a pacer um if i had have gone from there lucky i didn't go from there because <laughs> apparently he said there's only like a, a few bears and mountain lions down there so you know that there, there won't be many people around you should just hike down and then run from there with us yeah it was quite funny too because um i think the timing of where i was was sort of in no man's land a little bit like the elites had gone through hours before and yeah. like I was sort of in this weird middle thing. So getting to places like No Hands Bridge where you sort of normally see all the people lined up, it was like mm. Dean and I running across it and that was it. Like there was oh, no okay. one there. Yeah, yeah, How many yeah. Ks out is No Hands Bridge? Yeah, it's like is that five or six, seven kilometres out, I think. Um, yeah, so sort of towards the end. And even running sort of once we got up to Robbie Point, running on the bitumen sort of down, like those streets, like they were pretty quiet too, weren't we, until we got to the um, the athletics track in yeah so from a crew perspective because i like i've crewed three 100 kilometer runners and i know that like i've ended up moving with the same crews because the runners are moving like at the same pace and you sort of get to know the people who are going to be there waiting for their runner did you find that or was it if if there was more no man's land was it just kind of like i know you said you met some people as you were on the go but what did you have that sense of being like in the same timing as other other crew members yeah pretty much it was just one crew um as i mentioned before the ultra runner magazine crew so um she uh was crewing one of her best friends and um yeah i sort of tagged along with her and her husband and and their friends so that was really nice that's cool yeah yeah Definitely good to hit. yeah, keep a little bit of company because I'm sure it would have been a little bit lonely at yeah. some stages. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was fun. That's cool. So we get into the track. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was funny sort of getting into the track. Like, you know, I'd sort of like, I guess, visualized like the race of like wanting to really kind of just leave everything out there and push and kind of like, you know, from 10Ks out, like really kind of empty the tank and that sort of thing. And um got to the track and really all I wanted to do was like it is such a team effort I know it sounds cliche but like I just wanted to run across the finish line with Cara and Dean and Mm -hmm. just to sort of share that experience because there was just so much appreciation for um everything that they'd done and and the work that they and the time and energy that they'd sort of invested in it so we got to the track and sort of just jogged in and just really sort of soaked up up that moment and um yeah it was just magic kind of just so surreal sort of crossing that finish line and it was so emotional <laughs> you look so strong as oh well like it was like just like you're so cheery totally. just jogging around they like were beautiful yeah. <laughs> yeah all the videos and photos i was like this is amazing this is what that was what everybody dreams of as their finish line yeah right? so you guys were like that's amazing to have had just like let's just soak it all up right after a massive day so did you finish at like 4 a.m did the race start yep. at five? Yep. Yeah. Finished at about four AM. That's huge. <sighs> I, I said to you on when we chatted on the phone the other day, one of my favorite parts was the commentary, like the online commentary as Luke's like running around the track. It's like, yeah, it's Luke and Car. And then the commentator, it was I don't know if it was Dylan or who it was, is like, wait, is that is that Dean Carnassus? <laughs> like he was 
so under the radar here. It was so funny as well. It's yeah, just cute. a realization. Yeah. yeah. What a team. It was so cool to see you all finish together like that. Did you end up running a bit of it at the end, Cara, then? Or yeah, yeah, just from, story, just yeah. from Roby Point. Yeah, so, cool. yeah, that was a little bit nerve-wracking waiting for Luke to get in there. Again, he was a couple hours later than I expected. But um, when he finally got in, yeah, we just hiked up the hill and then there was one final downhill. And that final downhill, again, really scared me because he was like, sort of you know grabbing at his foot every so often like you know gasping in a bit of pain and like ah like in so much pain and I was like oh it's okay you know we're gonna get through this but I was really sort of nervous but I knew he would make it because we're only you know okay away from the track don't say that though because there was somebody who got to the track this was in like I don't know years ago and they did not finish Mm. yeah so like you never say cross that never finish no. I, I would have made sure that he, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I would have made sure that he wouldn't have passed out. I would have done everything so I could in my that's power. That's actually a really interesting perspective as well. So you've come from some pacing, I'm pointing at Sarah, um, of friends, but it's different coming from a partner. So you're seeing your partner in a huge amount of pain, right? Like mm-hmm. ultra running is super painful. So right. you were like, look, you're going to get through it, it's going to be fine. But it seems like that kind of did affect you a little bit too. So how was it crewing for your partner, someone that you love, watching them go through a bit of pain? Look, I think I was okay with it. Like I knew that he was going to be okay because I think, you know, we just have that sort of connection as you do as partners to know whether someone's going to be okay or not. And yeah, so there wasn't any doubt in my mind that he wasn't going to make it. But I knew that he was just needing to kind of sit with it and I was just kind of letting him do his thing and... I reckon as well, because you have that endurance background, you also know what it is to push yourself mm. and know that, like, it is going to be okay. I um, I crewed for someone because he and his wife had had a massive fallout, basically, when she was crewing for him at one point. And I think if you don't come from that background, it's really, it's hard to see that and hard to understand. Sure. Like, do I say, like, stop? Mm. Or, you know, it's that conflict. Whereas it's like, you you know what it's like to suffer a car <laughs> and it's like it's probably not fun seeing Luke go through that but you also know how important it is to him and then the capacity that you do have as well is that fair yeah and I actually know how much he likes to suffer so <laughs> <laughs> so I was more than happy with with uh, allowing that <laughs> she'll be right <laughs> was like was there any point Luke where because I know you talk about this is like the classic ultra endurance thing you're like it's a dream day and then we hear that you had like all of this pain and everything else you know was there any point that you in the race where you thought oh maybe I'm not gonna make it uh there there wasn't any no there wasn't any points that I had that there was a few points where I'm like this could get really really ugly Mm. um and but um things just sort of seemed to go right like I think I'd put on like a bit of a post I put up where like my back was really tight my cars were tight and I was feeling pretty rubbish and then tripped on a rock and that seemed to yank my hips back into place and it loosened everything up and I'm like this is gonna be my day (laughs) it's gonna be a good day like so it was kind of you know nature physio (laughs) exactly yeah and um you know I had a really really sore foot in the the lead up um and like Kind of worryingly so. It was pretty bad. Um, and we were just stopping at, uh, free, like, freezing cold rivers, like, three times a day, like, pretty much the whole holiday in the lead mm. up to, to the race. Um, and I was like, okay, this is going to be a really sort of painful, like, any sort of run or hike we did around Yosemite and that sort of stuff, it was like, you know, sort of six or seven out of ten sort of pain. It w- wouldn't go higher than that, thankfully, but it would sort of get to there. And I'm like, this is going to be, you know, 130 kilometres of probably really... <laughs> managing this really sore foot um and it it didn't really manifest that way like it it was a little bit sore in a few small spots but like barely noticeable in the grand scheme of things so So lucky hey like being a week out and having that much pain in the foot and then for it just to disappear especially after that trip on a rock or whatever happened mm. early on in the mm. race so yeah and rolling my ankle on that same foot on the yes. tuesday oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> well i reckon ashley bartholomew could have probably used that rock that you tripped yeah. over yeah. as well yeah yeah, yeah that was <laughs> there was a lot of really cool stories this year like mm. i'm i'm sure it was amazing being part of the race but man it was a really fun year to be a spectator as well like yeah. with courtney beating the record like the the golden hour is always amazing. That last hour just before the cutoff of 30 hours. And yeah, Lucy Bartholomew's dad coming in at oh 30 hours and two minutes. Were I you guys there at the track? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, how was that? Because that, that, that's just tears coming through videos. Can, and can we just, I know, because I cried watching it. Can totally. we can you describe the scene 
scene of Ash Bartholomew as he came onto the track. Yeah, so basically if you look at someone in an L shape, bent over <laughs> yes. at the waist, like that's how he was. Like he was couldn't stand oh, up straight. It was um, oh, it gives me chills it's still. Same. Oh, God. <laughs> <Wasn't> <laughs> <even> there. <laughs> yeah, and... Um, but the whole everybody was there because everybody was still left over from the from the golden hour. Yes, and just the videos. Again, I wasn't even there, so you guys need to tell us. But there were so many people there. Yeah, he had a he had a big entourage with him. I think obviously being Lucy's dad and and whatnot. And I think that sort of added to you know, the element of drama with with him sort of missing missing that thirty hours. But yeah, you know, it was awesome to see him finish. Um, and you know, he, he still ran hundred miles and he still ran Western States, even though you know he might have missed out on that thirty hour cutoff. Um, so I think that was you know pretty inspirational seeing him push and and to continue to sort of you know push through. And we we had a bit of a chat with Ash. Um, maybe half hour after he'd sort of finished and he was, you know, it's definitely still processing and all of that sort of stuff. But, you know, he's a, he's a good guy and he was sort of, you know, pretty balanced about it and um, obviously very disappointed and, and hurt as well. But um, he, he was sort of, yeah, seemed to sort of be taking it in a, in a pretty positive way. Because for context, that it doesn't count as an official finish when you mm-hmm. don't meet the cutoff, you don't get your buckle. And he, I don't know how many years he's applied. Like It, it was, was nine or something. It was yeah, a long, like a long yeah. time he's been trying to get into this race so it was really yeah I mean it when you look at people finishing in that way it's actually so impressive in itself because it's like the guy was ruined and he still finished a hundred miles like you say bent over like it's yeah it's just incredible how people can push themselves yeah like for perspective for people Courtney finished again I'm in Courtney (laughs) (laughs) she was in 15 hours 15 hours and change and she's pushing herself the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, she's going flat stick. But Ash is out there for 30 hours, and he's pushing flat himself. stick. Yeah. Anybody who is racing cutoffs, like, all the more respect to... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. everybody is just amazing in this sport, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. That would have been really cool to be part of it this yeah, year. Yeah, it was pretty um, It was pretty emotional. We had, there was a few, um, you know, a few other Australians that were running as well. And um, we got um, um, Helen and... Um, oh, uh, Mel um, had both finished in Golden Hour as well, and um, Mel particularly, um, she came across the finish line and we were sort of you know there waiting, cheering her on, and she was like in tears, and I saw her and I just like broke down in tears as well as ball my eyes out. We had this big hug, and and then I think Cara took a photo of us both standing there like <laughs> puffy red eyes and stuff, but. It was just sort of, I think that sort of emotion and, um, you know, you, you're completely exhausted and fatigued mm. and, and whatnot. And, um, yeah, it was just. I think that was my one of my favourite parts was just like at the end when we'd finished and we sat down on the oval and I got all of Luke's warm gear and like dressed him and we just sat there watching everyone come in and like everyone else that had finished were doing the same thing, like, you know, had our sleeping bags all tucked up mm. and sitting on the Hoka deck chairs and it was just the most surreal moment like it was such a cool thing to experience and being able to like you know actually just celebrate and be like we did it and Mm. it was that was the emotional and the really really cool yeah cool thing to experience oh trail running is just like so special (laughs) (laughs) so was it everything that it lived up for yeah all the hype yeah yeah anybody looking to get into western states definitely do it recommend to friends 10 out of 10 100 (laughs) percent yeah yeah the the build-up's amazing and and yeah they really do put on a special race and the community around it i think is a massive part of that and and just the small field and everything that goes into it the history and you know it was awesome being the 50th year this year as well yeah just so many different little stories um it was yeah just such a magical experience and yeah, um, the bank account won't like it, but if, if I got, <laughs> got in next year, I'd definitely, definitely do it again in yeah, a heartbeat. So yeah. Interesting, yeah. hey, because it's one of those things, like when you have the dream day, like do you want to go back? But, yeah, it sounds like you both just had an amazing – would you crew again, Cara? It I would. Like you would. Yeah, yeah. No, I would, definitely. <laughs> would you ever want to run it? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe one day. Interesting. <laughs> Amazing. That would be cool if you could flip roles and yeah. you get to run it and Definitely. Luke gets to crew for you. Yeah. So good. So good. Well, we'll start to kind of like wrap things up. Is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you guys would like to share with stories or anything like that? 
there's one embarrassing story in my delusional tired state at the end where um, <laughs> I can't believe I'm sharing this actually. This I is really hope it's not what you. Yeah. <laughs> Chloe's face is not is looking a little bit more to fight here, so let's do it. <laughs> I, I've got a little bit of a yeah, a crush on Zach Miller, um, the ultra ultra, and he he was there. And we coach. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, um, that's, uh, yeah, different Zach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, we're standing there, you know, I hadn't slept. Okay. So I hadn't slept for like 30 hours by this stage. It was Getting no excuses present. out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I think that's Zach Miller. <laughs> anyway, I start having a chat to him and like, just, you know, having, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, I really admire your racing, blah, blah, blah. And just chatting. And then it just turned into just a bit of a general kind of really nice conversation. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's, can we get a photo? And, um, we took this photo. I still haven't worked out who it was yet, but it was not Zach Miller. <laughs> yeah. We were like, I was like, oh yeah. Is that there? And then we're at the um, presentation thing and I'm sitting down there like, and I'm like, there's Zach Miller over there. That's definitely Zach Miller. And then I'm like, hang on a second. And I go through my phone. I'm like, no, that's not Zach Miller. <laughs> Oh, you just had a fan go moment with a stranger. Yeah, I love yeah. it. He was definitely. Um, Did he look like Zach Miller? A little bit, and he's definitely. I so. um, okay, so yeah. like in someone who didn't run a hundred miles, yeah. we can. It was say a fair mistake. Fair mistake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it did look a little bit, and he, he is some runner, some American runner that has some sort of profile. Pres- pr- profile. Um, yeah, but that was kind of funny. Um, and then I was so I was so shattered then because I'm like, oh, I didn't meet Zach. <laughs> And you did. You, you felt it. <laughs> and the other thing as well is um, when Luke and Cara came over um, before we podcasted, Luke had, has his silver buckle with him, which was pretty exciting to see. Um, and you were saying how, like, when you've crossed the line, they start engraving your name in it. That's right. Yeah, pretty much because, um, yeah, they have all the, bu- the buckles there, obviously. And then um, anyone that finishes gets their name engraved in the back of it. So basically, yeah, that's not a small job. No. So pretty much. They're doing that when runners are crossing the finish line. Very cool to so see that cool. in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super, yeah. super cool. Cool. Um, I'm conscious of your time. One quick question. Recovery, how how did you pull up after? Uh, largely pretty good. Yeah, surprisingly better than I thought I would. I have got a little bit of cartilage damage um, just behind my patella, which is quite painful and I haven't really been able to run much um, for the last month or three, three and a bit weeks, whatever it is, but um, particularly downhill. And that was... Um, Probably the most painful part of the race was doing the downhills where I just felt like both my kneecaps were going to pop off and mm-hmm. shoot off into the distance somewhere. So, um, yeah, I just got a little bit of inflammation and whatnot under the patella there. But it's on the mend and getting better and I'm able to ride the bike at the moment, so that's great. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I'll be back running. You'll be back before you know it. Yeah, back next week hopefully. And You've got a pretty good coach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Cara, how did you pull up after? <laughs> yeah, no, fine. Um, although I think tired in the week leading like after it Mm -hmm. so um coming back was sort of hard and then yeah fatigue for the first week back here in queensland was real so Mm. yeah totally so worth it though yeah so cool awesome they have wildest weeds they do have wildest weeds so um we typically finish the podcast on a wild wee so i used to coach um little girls with jackie mountain biking these girls couldn't hold for their hour session and there are no toilets available at Sugar Bag where we, well, there are now, but there weren't at the time. And they used to ask to go for a wild wee. So you have already mentioned, Luke, do you want to start and tell us about a wild wee? Yeah, we've got two really. One was at Yosemite, which I actually did think of you guys when I was doing it. Just, I don't know if that's weird or not, but... Um, um, we'd hiked up this, I think it's called Four Mile Trail or something like that up and you, you get this beautiful look of Half Dome and um, yeah, I had a, a beautiful um, wee right there and I was like, with the view. I was like, this is probably one of the better wild wees I've had and I, I can't wait to share this with you guys, which then I was like, that's a bit weird, but anyway. So, yeah. And then the second one? Um, probably was when Dean was kind of shepherding me, you know, kind of on the trail in the middle of the night that I mentioned before is just sort of, yeah, just stopped on the trail and stepped off the side of it and, yeah. As <laughs> Shared that do. special moment. Yeah. As you do. <laughs> Cara, any wild bees? I actually probably had multiple um, nice. across the day, but, yeah, one memorable one was at Rocky Chucky. Um, so that was getting dark and, yeah, I just decided to zip into the bushes because the toilet was occupied. I was, <laughs> I was a little bit busting, but, yeah. 
Perfect. Awesome. What a way to end. Awesome. awesome. And um, if people want to find you online on Instagram, do you want to share your handles? Uh, so mine uh, is coach underscore Cara Landells, K-A-R-A-L-A-N-D-E-L-L-S. But um, yeah, Luke. Yeah. And if people are looking for coaching services, are you taking new clients? Uh, at this stage, I'm actually booked out for the next few weeks, but I will be taking on new clients next month. So um, just have to onboard a few people to the course, which starts uh, August the 1st. So after that, I'll be taking on new clients. Good to know. Cool. Perfect. And uh, yeah, just a little mad runner on Instagram. Cool. And Luke has posted some Western States updates on there as well, if you want to see some pictures and read some uh, captions about it. Awesome. Thank nice you work, so much, everybody. both of you. It's so good to chat to you both. Congratulations. Incredible achievement. So cool. Thanks for reliving it with us. It's good. Yeah, so Thanks good. for having us on. Good job, Ness. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Little madness. Thanks for listening to another episode of Into the Wee Hours podcast. To get in touch, you can find us on Instagram at Into the Wee Hours podcast or email us at Into the Wee Hours podcast at gmail.com. On Instagram, Sarah is all the gear, nay idea, and that is N-A-E for all you non-Scots people, and Kristen is at Kristen Vodden. To read the show notes or to listen on the website, you can visit intothewehours.com forward slash podcast, and to help support this podcast, you can also head over to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash podcast. Happy adventuring, and we will talk to you next time.